now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. I am still in Kauai, and Josh is still in West Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood. Although not for long, because when do you head to Canada? I'm going to the amazing Hollyhock in just about two hours north of beautiful Vancouver, uh, the first week of July, July 3rd. And um, I need to talk to them, but I'm pretty sure there's like maybe one or two spots left. Wow. It is. I hear it's so beautiful there. I've uh, I've had a couple of families I know move there, to Cortez Island. Cortez Island is a beautiful, special place with amazing people. And if you can get there early, the beautiful and amazing and uber talented Anne Randolph will be teaching there the session before me. I believe that starts on the June twenty eighth. You you could do a bang bang, listeners. You could do study with Anne <laughs> and study with Josh. Double headers, nothing like double headers. Josh, have you ever done a, a dinner bang bang? Do you know what that is? Uh, please, I, I, w- I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, please tell me more. So a, din- <laughs> a dinner bang bang is when you have dinner at one restaurant and then you mm-hmm. immediately drive to another restaurant and have a second dinner. Whoa. <laughs> only, no, only. I haven't. What's that, what's that when, you, like, when you do like a restaurant crawl where you kind of like uh, you go from restaurant to restaurant, but you do like the appetizer at one and then the main meal at another and the dessert? Yeah, goes. I've never, I don't know if there's a name for that. That sounds like some foodie stuff. I'm not talking about there. I'm talking about this is like all American, get on the team, let's do two dinners. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I, 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 think that, I think we can call that grazing where you go from one place to another. Yes. Yeah, no, I don't. That's no. Mm-mm. Okay, fine. Well, you could do it. Well, well, wait, Adam, have you? Uh, I've definitely done like versions of a bang bang where I like have eaten at home. And then a friend calls like, you want to get dinner? I'm like, eh, I'm always hungry. Yeah. So <laughs> my tapeworm's acting up. Let's go. Uh, and so funny. I've done that. Have I gone mm-hmm. to like swingers and then driven immediately to mel's drive-in in in la so and had two like full-on diner meals i haven't but i dream i maybe when i get back if anybody wants to join me in my bang bang my bang bang became a nap nap Uh uh-huh that sounds like a, a recipe for a food coma uh yeah although if you're eating like your vegan raw levitation food Mm -hmm. i felt like maybe it just makes you more light and powerful (laughs) I see. Like, well, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll see if I can do like Olak one night, uh, one, and then like rush to um, Crossroads, you know, and see what happens. What's Crossroads? Crossroads is a very high-end uh, raw, ve- well, vegan with some raw uh, on Melrose, and it was started by the guy who was the personal chef to Steve Wynn and Oprah. Oh, oh my! Are oh, Steve are oh. Steve Wynn and Oprah vegan? Um. He went vegetarian slash vegan for a while because he saw the health benefits and he wanted all of his employees to enjoy the same. 
Uh, I don't know his current um, eating status, as nor do I know Oprah's. Gotcha. Yeah, that Steve Wynn example, that didn't sound creepy at all, by the way, when he's like, well, and he felt well, it was the right thing for all of his employees as well. Yes, yes. He's rather enthusiastic about all things he discovers in his life. Yes. Uh, all right. So you haven't done a bang bang, but uh, listeners, you could do a writing, performance, creative process, <laughs> improv bang bang, and uh, write, write, write your life with Anne Randolph, and then... Do some amazing process work um, at a really deep level with Joshua. Joshua, what are you going to teach? Well, I'm definitely going into deep listening, a whole body listening. That's really exciting to me because it goes into a whole new place. And I, I guess I'll share it here, but I, I prefer not sharing it. But I guess just, since it's just the two of us and our listeners, I'll share it. But what happens is, is that when you go into really full body deep listening and you really start getting into that, where it, where it will ultimately take you is listening to yourself. Mm. Because um, if you can't listen to other people, you, you can't listen to yourself. And, you, and if you can't listen to yourself, you can't listen to other people. And as we start to grow one end, it will influence the other end. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. So that's that's where it goes, um, and then you know uh, the, just the whole creative process. Um, I'm also be doing more work with uh, with uh, with narrative in a nonlinear uh, form as a starting place, uh, and then letting it take form um, uh, just by working with uh, words. I love it. So, yeah, so much value you will leave with amazing work a new sense of your own process and listening. It's interesting talking about mm. listening to yourself. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about like how sometimes we make decisions and then when people want things from us, mm -hmm. um, sometimes we abandon, <laughs> we, we abandon what we actually know deep down is best for us. Self abandonment. Absolutely. You know, it's cr crazy. I was just thinking about this. It's crazy. Like we, we tell ourselves, okay, I'm going to go to the gym every single day. Right. And that lasts for anywhere from 24 to 36 hours. It's like and the New Year's usually, effect. The, what, have, you ever tried, have you ever tried going to the gym in January? Well, you would never be near a gym, but if you go to yeah. the gym, like January 8th, it's a madhouse. Uh -huh. uh huh. Cause everyone's like, I made this resolution. Right. It's, it doesn't. February is a different story, and then and then and then come uh, All Presidents Day. It's, it's there's there's yeah. So um, there's that element, and then the other the other side of it is is um, we also do this other thing, which is I'll never I'll never eat. Gosh, what do people say? Sugar. Um, hmm. Sugar. I'll never eat fried food again. Let's just oh, okay. say that. All right. And then and then the same thirty six hours later, you know, they're eating potato chips. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like no matter what we say, we seem to be really adept at doing the opposite. So do we, should we talk about how people get to the other side of that? I feel like as artists, it would be a really good idea because, we, because it's the same thing of the gym as to making our commitment to ourselves to work on our creative projects. Absolutely. Yeah, so c there are lots of ways to self-abandon with your work. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I think when we thought about this show today, we were thinking often in terms of you're all good to write or paint or do what you do. And then, um, you know, your friend texts and said, hey, either <laughs> either meet me for dinner 
mm-hmm. and you haven't seen that person, you want to see them, or, and that maybe you may be capable of saying no to that, or it's worse. It's more like your partner says, "Oh, I need your help with X," or your child, or, and so you get you get into these really hard, like, "Oh, someone needs something from me." I, mm-hmm. You get into maybe people pleasing behavior mm. for some people. <laughs> so. And I'm so th- glad that neither one of us fall prey to that. I've never done that. <laughs> never put anyone else's needs above mine. Uh, and then the other aspect of it is um, sometimes there's so many different variations, but one of the other aspects of it is like I'm working on s- this project and then someone asks me to do another project that I don't say no to that project. And so now I've, given up on the other project you know it's like there's mm-hmm. so many ways to distract ourselves from what's in front of us well you bring that's a great word distraction and i feel like that's at the heart of it because a lot of us can spend our whole lives being distracted from that which we really authentically want to do and it's very difficult very challenging to um to call it out if we don't know what our primary focus is that's right so we need to identify the primary focus first. It's like, what's important to me? What can I not not do? What's, what's of the highest value? And then actually start to have some self-awareness around the things that do distract you. Is it your friend that calls? Is it, is it your people pleaser? What is it specifically that's pattern behavior that you know that you can call out and identify? I think absolutely. And I think, as you say, a big part of it is like, what is the thing that is my deepest need for fulfillment? Mm -hmm. Because that will keep you that practice of like, oh, this is pulling me away. But my deepest need and the thing that may not even be enjoyable in the moment, but will gratify me in the long term Mm -hmm. is the is the creative project in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about returning to that. That's, and that's a practice. It's like meditation of like quieting the mind. It's like coming back again and again. And it was interesting this year when I wrote the creative workbook and I rewrite it every year. Um, you can get it free on the website. It's a process-based approach to goal setting, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can check it out. I added a page about boundary setting this oh, year, which nice. I hadn't in the past because I saw so many people struggle with drawing uh, boundaries with other people in their life, with themselves, around behavior. I mean, the common example is like, I binged on Netflix for five hours when I could have been Mm -hmm. doing, you know, just Mm -hmm. behavior that's taking you away from the thing that's going to... So, and it's not about perfection. Mm -hmm. It's more about consciousness of, this is the behavior I do, as you say, the behavioral pattern Mm -hmm. that I go to that allows me to um, say yes to something that is going to take me farther away from my deepest need. And the other thing one can do is, well, there's two things. One is you can actually write about it. You can write about the girl who constantly distracts herself and she never gets X or Y done as a character. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, is that you can, and this is very challenging for most people, but I throw it out as an exercise, is to, let's say I, I have the focus and I'm working on a project and someone calls and, ask, and doesn't ask and I'm, and I'm aware that it's a distraction, right? Fully cognitively aware and at full choice, I choose distraction and then actually do the distraction without guilt but see how it feels. Conscious. 
Yeah, because then because then you're making your unconscious behavior conscious. You're following through with it, and you and your the idea is to check and to see how it authentically feels. And maybe it won't feel good, but then that'll embed in a different way than just suppression. I think that's great. That's such a good thing. There have been times where I have been struggling with breaking a bad habit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to do this bad habit as slow as I can. There you go. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. let's see how it feels. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard randomly from people who have struggled with addiction who get into like... Um, let's just say they start turning to, to, to drugs as curative treatments, not as the addiction, like certain things that have been known to like help people break heroin addiction or think certain plant medicines, let's say. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they tell me is, is that in those experiences, what they see is exactly how that addiction and that bad habit is affecting their body. Mm-hmm. Like they have an insight into like what the process is of what it's doing to them. Mm-hmm. Whether that changes behavior or not, I don't know. But it is, I think, part of the process of seeing like, oh, this. The other thing I would say is like the simple writing prompt at home is the reasons I sometimes say yes when I don't want to say yes are. Mm, nice. Because it's different for everyone. I think you have to get at the root of it. I mean, for some people, it's as simple as fearing not being liked. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if I don't take my friend to the doctor, even when I'm supposed to, you know, or if I don't take my friend to dinner when she's upset, then... I'll, I'll, she won't like me. I'll think of myself as a bad friend, you know, or Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. other reasons. Like the reason I sometimes answer the phone when I'm writing is because, uh, I'm afraid that my writing isn't very good. And, you know, like whatever it is, there's Mm -hmm. so people are complex psychologically and there can be all these reasons why you choose distraction or Mm -hmm. texting is more immediately stimulating than sitting there and writing distraction. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to distraction. Here's here's one thing that I want to call out that is an accepted social norm that makes me crazy. Digame. It makes me it literally it like like I just thinking about it, I sit here and I I I forget my knickers in a twist as they say. Um So here's the thing. Is that if I sell my time for $15 an hour or $20 an hour to the man, no one would think of calling me to ask me if I could take them to the airport. Right. Right. However, if I freelance and I work for myself and da 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 and I'm working on a project and it's really important to me, some people wouldn't think twice about, hey, want to take me to the airport? No, I think that's fair. And, and, and we, people who don't work for the man at 1875 an hour plus benefits, somehow are, are, it's not as valuable. And, and it's based on geography, it's based on location, because it's not an office, it's also based on someone paying you, but it's also a social norm that if you're, if you're working on your own project, oh, well, you can do that later. Yeah, so I want to say that the flip side of that sometimes I see, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get back to what you're saying, is that because you're a freelancer and you don't have a structured schedule, there can be deep temptation to let days drift. And I see that struggle a lot internally. From an external perspective, for sure, when people are scheduling with you, they just kind of... 
there can be an assumption that you just have you have time because you don't have an, like you're not controlled you don't have an office to go to right you're not that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about because because you don't have a nine to five with someone else paying you yeah that somehow well you make your own schedule so therefore can you blah 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 well, I also think part of the the maturation process for a lot of people is understanding that their time is not infinite. From a and like like from your perspective of being like, you know, like, oh, yes, I'm a freelancer and I don't have any work today, which means theoretically I have 8 to 10 hours open. You don't really. You don't because how you use that time is going to impact your future. Yeah. You know. Yeah, big time. Like if you go and like eat frozen yogurt, and all day, which mm-hmm. is a reasonable solution if that's what you're into, that's fine. You know, watch eat frozen yogurt and watch Netflix if that's what you need. But at the same time, like, there's an opportunity cost to your time. Mm-hmm. And what I'm and what I'm suggesting is that I need to I need to the individual needs to see that and know that for themselves. And at the on the other side of it, is that the other person doing the ask that doesn't recognize that because you're outside the social norm, they also, to some degree, would be nice one day if they understood that too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, emotionally. emotionally. Not, not only in, intellectually, Actually. but emotionally. What's like the weirdest request you've gotten from people because you have odd hours? <laughs> um, the most unusual thing that, that is like a repetition thing that I feel like, I guess, well, it's something I'm putting out so I take full responsibility. Oh, and, and that, by the way, that's not to take away the, uh, taking my way, my responsibility for saying no when I need to say no to someone asking me to take me to the airport. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying look at that as a social norm to see how we all do it to some degree. Right. Um, but in answer to your question is I feel responsible that I somehow put out an energy that makes it appear that I never work. Right, right. Just Josh, easy breezy vegan guy, making his coconut yeah. cacao milkshakes in the morning. Yeah. Feet on a desk. Yeah. Chilling. Yeah. On, I, fa- I, on I, Facebook. Yeah. Well, that's it up. all I do. That's yeah. all day. That is kind of what I think you do all day. Yeah. Oh, massaging kale salads. Yeah. yeah massaging you're just massaging kale. kale yeah. Posting on Facebook about it. <laughs> che- checking, checking the gram. See, see if you've got some new Insta friends. <laughs> uh huh. That's what I do all day, every day. All day, every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's something, and I, I appreciate that in the sense of like you know having an open flow and not feeling pressurized and all of that. But at the same time, I, I do put out a lot of work. So there you go. <laughs> all right. I think the worst I've heard is I think I I think a friend asked a freelancer friend of mine to help him move like on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, you're not doing anything, are you? Just uh, just get your weight belt and come help me carry furniture for, I don't know, four to seven hours. Yeah, who, who cares that it's August 15th, the hottest yeah. day of the it's year? It's a little warm, bro. I'm bringing water for both of us. I'm, <laughs> I'm your friend. Oh, yeah, and the best part, hey, pizza's on me. It's like, okay. <laughs> I had a friend recently. I had a friend who kept asking people to help move. And, like, as you sort of get into your – as my friends have had more responsibility at work and have more and more real jobs – my friend of mine was like, the next time that motherfucker asks me to move, just tell me where to write the check. Just, I'll write a check. Like, I'll send you money, but just don't ask me to help you move. Oh, no. 
And that's I was like, fun. yeah, I was like, I feel like at a certain point when you ask people to help you move, it's just, that's a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. There is a little bit of that when you ask people to come see your shows or, or, or buy your book. It's oh, like, hey, that's yeah. okay. I don't need to buy your book, but I'll, I'll give you a check. Where, where, where can I donate? Uh, Here's 20 bucks. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas. Boo. Um, so I want to frame this in people, and I want to leave people with something, which is this. Yes. When you draw a boundary, whether it's a request from someone externally or whether it's an internal distraction, texting, whatever it is, Instagram, you're saying no to say yes. Sensei, say that again, sensei. You're saying no to others, to parts of yourself that are unhelpful so that you can say yes to the best part of yourself. And so every, it's like a little mantra. Anytime this comes up, you're like, I'm saying no to say yes to what's most in line with my highest good. I can't. You, you just rolled out mantra, baby. That's <laughs> know, fantastic. That's I was a little guru. You, sensei, I'm going to go sensei with you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I want you to, see, please say that again, because it was really beautiful. I say no to say yes for my, what was, what was the whole thing? You say no, 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 to say yes, 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 for your highest good. Well, you're saying yes to the best part of yourself. I like that part. And say then the you got to unhook. Again. You got to unhook. So say the whole thing for, again. Say the whole thing again, please. That's like please. the fourth time, Josh. All right. Well, People are stopping listening right now. No, I'm You say I'm no so you I'm can say yes it. to your highest good. And mm. I think that, like, the other emotional work of it, so it doesn't become some weird meme, which probably exists, is that you have to um, unhook from uh, the fear and the pain of what will happen by saying no. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really big part of it. You're like, you know what? You might not know exactly what this person wants from you on that text message. You might make that friend a little annoyed because they were planning to, you know, go shoot pool with you and you are at home doing your work. You know, it's like you might not please everyone and that's okay. You know, you're still a good person. You will survive if you do not respond to that Facebook message or that email right now. What I'm hearing is clarity. Like if I can get to that level of clarity of what's important to me and what I want to dedicate myself to and let everything else fall into place and trust that um, everything will be there. Um, And there is a little bit of sweaty palms if it's outside the comfort zone, but then that would also tell me it's it's a healthy choice. Yes, yeah. And And growing in a good way. Mm -hmm. If you're drawing boundaries with other people, you just have to be mindful that you don't have resentment that's built up. And that it comes from a clean place. Meaning, uh, like, mm. like you've been saying yes to this thing, picking up your friend's kid from school for eight weeks. They never help you back. They never say thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's built up, it's built up. And then you finally go to say no. And it's new for the other person. And you're already angry. So then you blow up on them. Right. So, so like, you just have to be mindful. Do it in the most loving way. Just do it, in, you know, whether it's to yourself. Like, okay, I'm not going to do this behavior in just you alone watching netflix whatever it is that you do to distract yourself do it in a loving way with other people and yourself 
And, and if these people are really in your life and you want them in your life, communicate about it. Say, you know what? These projects are really important to me, and I've been putting them on the back seat, and I'm not, it feels really unhealthy for me to keep doing this. So I won't be able to pick up your da-da-da-da-da at 3 o'clock because I'm going to be working. Yes. I'm going to be working. And, then, and let people assume that it's at Walmart. Just kidding. But you know what I mean? It's like whatever, whatever they need to hear and it's real for you, communicate about it. Yeah. Uh, about, the, about where you're growing, not what you're not doing. This is the right thing for me. comes down yeah. to just owning this is the right thing for me. Yeah. And yes. if people hear that and respect that, then those are the people you want to have in your life. And if they, go, if they go ballistic, then that tells you that's not so perhaps healthy of a relationship. Yeah, sometimes the hard thing with drawing boundaries is that you find out what the relationship really is. Oh, sensei. Which can be hard for for Mm -hmm. both sides, both sides. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because you become become disillusioned, which is the whole point of life, and you're making a... You're making it real. And when I say disillusion, which is the whole point of life, is that you the whole point of life is to break illusions so you can yes. be real. Yes. Yeah. Closer and closer to authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. This has been awesome. I love this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has been Notes on Your Notes. Go to Facebook and like us. I think we're at almost over 300. Where are we? Almost at 350? It's like th- we're crested. I think we crested 360 like five days ago. Yeah. The followers, the followership just keeps growing. Instagram is up, mm-hmm. uh, but no, go because we'll send you reminders about the episodes and then also teaching opportunities, event opportunities. Josh ran a beautiful open mic storytelling night. Um, I guess it wasn't really open; it was by invitation. But a lot, we mm-hmm. were very open in the invitations. Oh my God! Can I? Can I, I haven't told this. That to was you, in so this is April. This is fresh. This is fresh. I'm thinking about it. It's going to happen, Adam. Uh-huh. And I'm still, but I, I, sometimes I come up with titles for something and I get excited. You ready for it? Tell me. Dinner and a story. Dinner and a story. Story. Isn't that story. great? Yes. I'm going to, we, we, well, hopefully we uh, are going to create a, um, an evening where we have uh, hand selected about five or six people who are going to um, tell stories while the rest of us uh, have dinner. So it's instead of dinner dinner in a movie, it's, yeah, (laughs) well, it's, it's, it's audio, but yes, but yeah, it's like, instead of going to dinner in a movie, it'll be dinner in a story. I love it. I love it. You'll get to come hear stories uh, in LA and it'll be, or other cities if you want us to come. Actually, email us if you want us to come to your city. Notes in your notes at Gmail. You can also leave a voicemail for us with a question. And, and also, we tend to travel more when the weather's warmer. So, you know, Seattle, Portland, if you're thinking about it, you know, we're, we're thinking more fall than, like, you know, winter, just so you know. San Diego, we're totally open, you know, because you guys tend to have really good weather all year. So, you know, just want to throw that out, too. Josh, Josh likes to put that purvey on. Yeah. I'm going to get you booked. I almost want to hire someone just to, like, book you in Scandinavia in December, January, for, like, a, three, a three-week workshop. You know, like, about five hours of light and, like, ten below. Min- just, Minnesota. And just see what happens to you? Yeah. I, I'd come out like all white and like, you know, pale and drawn and like, D3, Adam, please give me D3. Just so much sadness. What is D3? You know, vitamin oh, D3. Oh, vitamin D3. Yeah, 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 but um, then you have to put three in, yeah. Well, if you're in Scandinavia and you want to punish Josh, <laughs> which you probably do, hook it up. Workshop, Josh, three weeks. 
Northern Lights. All right. Northern Lights. Oh, and then make sure that it's during the day and in a room without a window. So there's just basically no light. (laughs) It's more like a deprivation experiment than anything else. (laughs) My deprivation. Thank you so much to your listeners. We're so happy to be recording and producing content for you guys. The sound on this show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and the editing and design is courtesy of me. We will talk to you next week.